0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father Son Packers Podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by my co host, my dad Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Doing all right. Saturday night here.
1: We had a mostly relaxing day, cooked real meal. Um, Tomorrow, we won't have to be sweating the Packer game because they stunk up the joint Thursday night. And we didn't have to
0: sweat the Packer game Thursday night either because that thing was. I guess there wasn't a a whole lot
1: of. yeah, sort of just. I don't, no, there was
0: stress, but it was there was no nerves. I would say, I <laughs> guess, is the no, way I would no put nerves.
1: it. Lots no of stress, nerves about the game.
0: no nerves about the game. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go through all of it though here with you today. We're gonna be a little bit of a therapy session. I'm sure I will get heated at some point. You will probably get less heated at some point. I was heated during the game. It is what it is. There are always going to be games like this. We're sorry we couldn't bring you our reaction to this game quite as promptly as usual. We had a couple of plans come up, but we still and wanted to be here at life, least real life real life work intruded. I know, right? Isn't that the worst? But anyways, we are still going to be here to talk about this game, to talk through it. Therapy for both all of y'all and ourselves. Unfortunately, a lot to talk about in this game. It was a mess. Um, I guess we'll just get into it, Dad. I'll, I'll pitch a couple things. If you want to give us a follow at FatherSonPacker on Twitter, we tweet out when our new episodes out are out, articles we find interesting, pieces of news, etc., etc., etc. So there's that. And then if you want to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we even put all our episodes out on YouTube. If you want to subscribe to us there, we would really appreciate it. It would really help our numbers. But Dad, let's just get into it. I don't really. This game was bad. Um, so if you somehow miss the game, Packers lose 34 to 20, and it was not that close. This was a beat down, uh, from the Lions. The Packers showed some life in the second half, which I suppose you can commend them for. But at one point the Lions were up 24 to three with 206 yards to the Packers, one yard per Rob Domoski. Yeah.
1: And I think at one point after the, after that, I texted, uh, you and Eli that we were out, um, gained 227 to negative one. It was, It got even
0: worse. So yeah. being down twenty four three is closer than it really was. Yes. Also yes, because the three we got, we probably shouldn't have even gotten. I mean was that was gifted. off of interception, was gifted, and then we went backwards like ten yards, so right. that was cool. So. And then beyond that, I mean just didn't just didn't move the ball the entire first half until kind of the very end of the half, like a little bit of a, a pity drive. Came out pity with, the second drive with half. 30,
1: 30 seconds left.
0: Yeah, came out in the second half and did a few nice things that kind of, you know, you build for next week, actually made it to like a 10 point game with like a small tiny glimmer of hope near at the end, which was quickly dashed as the whole (laughs) very, very iconic of how the whole game or emblematic I guess of how the whole game went as the word I'm looking for but yeah this was bad uh we're gonna break it all down here for you though today but let's start with the injury report so that was tough um dad I'm gonna save the big one for the end but I'll read these off real quick Jair did not end up playing with his back injury in this game uh Luke Musgrave uh got hit in the head during this game and entered concussion protocol and did not return to the game John Runyon sprained his ankle. Not a high ankle sprain, though. Um, He was in a walking boot the next day, according to Rob Domofsky, um, but he didn't seem too concerned about it, but obviously never want to see anyone in a walking boot uh thankfully for the packers they don't play again until monday night football of next week so that's 11 days off and they only have one game in the next 23 days but dad the big piece of injury news right before this game because the game going poorly wasn't enough uh bakhtiari was moved to injured reserve and the report from ian Rappaport is that he is expected to miss the rest of 2023 and hopefully be ready for the start of 2024 he had knee surgery on wednesday that was arthroscopic and he was expected to have another surgery in the coming days uh same knee or or weeks right uh days or weeks yeah essentially there was a second surgery planned um but yeah same injury same story it sucks um injuries i mean sorry surgeries five and six or something like that for
1: for the knee from that one injury yeah and i think what i said like the two surgeries um in these couple weeks is supposed to get him
0: hopefully full strength by 2024 was the first thing i heard yeah, and you know, it's very tough. I I'm not sure what the plan is for him going forward in terms of contract for next year. There was th- thoughts that this was already going to maybe be his last year with the Packers, so that's still on the table. Unfortunately, it feels kind of cruel to talk about that like under these circumstances, but unfortunately, yeah. we have to. I mean, um, I don't really know that maybe they restructure and he makes less money because it's not like he would make any more money than that on the open market right now in free agency it's just really tough. Um, you no I just, it won't, I mean, Matt LaFleur essentially has like talked about it, that same injury just has not responded how they have expected it to yeah. or wanted it to, or anything like that. And it's, it's and terrible.
1: It, and it wasn't that many weeks ago. Where he said he was feeling the best he had in a long time during the preseason, you know, though yeah. he didn't play the preseason games. And yeah. So in terms of next year, I think he's got like a $40 million cap hit, but $20 million of that is already paid. There's nothing you can do to change that, and so it's 20 million to have him on the team next year under his current contract.
0: Um, so yeah. Well, what you're saying is it's 40 number, 40 million to have him on the team, 20 million to not have him on the team.
1: Right. So yeah. nothing, only half of that can be changed in any way. So when people are saying, "Well, you can't have a 40 million dollar cap hit," you should just forget that number because it's really a 20 million thing that you're considering. Yeah, but you do need to. Can you yeah. get? Can you? Yeah. So the question you have to ask, or the team is asking themselves, is, can we get better with that twenty million than having Bakhtiari? It's not really a forty million dollar question. It's a twenty million dollar question.
0: Yeah, but I think the question, the the follow up question is, would he be willing to take next less year? Because
1: right, then it would be, yeah, then it would be less than twenty million that you would be. Tight adding on extra, to the twenty. Adding, yeah. Exactly. Adding to the twenty that you cannot change.
0: Yes, but it just sucks. Um there's nothing really more to say there. Uh we'll talk about the offensive line throughout this because I think that in many ways was the story of this game. But Dad, anything else you wanted to add on that injury report or should we move on to the meat of the it, game breakdown?
1: We should go on because yeah, it just it sucks so much for the whole Bakhtiari situation.
0: Yeah, it sucks for everyone involved. Him, the team everyone but yeah let's move on to our game breakdown um well let's start with our biggest moment of the game uh, we use this as a more analytical tool we look at espn win probability percentage uh and then we look at essentially what swung the game which place swung the game the most and in this game it was a tie between uh third and five nine minutes and four seconds in the first quarter the 35 yard completion to sam laporta with rasul douglas in coverage um, that took it from a 56 percent chance of green bay winning to a 53.2% chance of the Lions winning 7.2% swing. Uh, At the time, the Packers were up 3-0. And then it was tied with the following play, actually, which was an Amon ra -Ra St. Brown touchdown. Say that three times fast. On the following play, which took that from a 53.2% chance of winning to a 60.4% chance of winning, which is also a 7.2% swing. And it was kind of all downhill for the Lions from there, Dad. Uh, Ju, you want to move on to... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I was
1: just looking at those plays and realized that was and do I do I have notes? I it's kind of it was just a bad um, sequence for Rasul.
0: Yeah, because he was yeah.
1: on both of those plays.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit, Dad. But let's start talking about the different phases of the game for the Packers. Would you like to start with offense or defense? What are you feeling today? because there's a lot of there's a lot of negative there's there's maybe a little positive we can talk about in each one but there's a lot of negative on both sides of the ball in this one where would you like to start man
1: <laughs>
0: let's start with the let's start with the defense Shall we start with the defense? Okay. I think sure. we should go good to bad so we end up ending on negative because I think that's more in line with <laughs> the way we feel about the, this game. The flavor of this game should yes. is lingering already. Exactly. So let's start with maybe a couple of positives. And, you know, for this game, I think on defense it was even harder to find. Before we get into that, though, uh, something I kind of wanted to introduce in this post game, which I think we're going to do more go- more going forward, is a section just for each Phase. That's what they're saying, and it'll be a coach from the quote, uh, a quote from the coaches of the players, and in this one, Lafleur said, "quote We're gonna have to do something different because it's insane to do the same things over and over again and expect a different result." And that was about the run defense. Um, my, that I, my, I added one. my own
1: little comment. It's like it's also it's, is is it it's, Does that mean it's insane to say the same
0: quote after every every time there's a problem? I'm gonna this say is, this quote over and over again, and expect a different result. This is not the first time he has said that, and it does make it more frustrating. There were a few positives from the defense, um, few and far between, but they did get after Jared Goff a little bit. Uh, Specifically, Rashawn Gary had four pressures and a hit in this game. Devontae Wyatt had four pressures and a sack in this game. So they were getting pressure on Goff. It didn't end up mattering too much because the Lions just didn't have to throw much. Um, which we'll talk about later. Or when they did, it was like, thank you for throwing the ball. uh, Is kind of how I felt about it. And then the other positive dad I had was Quay Walker, besides the penalty on special teams in the end. But on defense, I thought he was flying around in this game. ESPN had him credited with 19 tackles, 10 of which were solo tackles. And PFF had him actually credited with seven stops, which is like any tackle that constitutes a loss based on success rate for the offense. So good game from Quay, good game from Wyatt, good game from Gary. Did you have any other positives here cuz I would love to move to the negatives. <laughs> I had the exact I had Quay, I had the exact same thing as my
1: one of the two little things I could mention that you know. And he also only gave up 6 yards per reception into his coverage. His coverage was was I think second best on the team coverage grade behind only Rudy Ford. And so I didn't have a whole lot else to say about the defense except that they had a good start to the game on defense that first possession. They had a they had two stops. Yeah, well, they, the first the two pick. plays it was like no yards, um, what two yards, and then Ford. I just wrote note that Ford did a good job of reading Goff's eyes in zone. Goff threw him pick.
0: a threw him a gimme too. To be fair, was, I don't Goff know was where falling, he backwards he was falling backwards off bad. of the,
1: off of his heels and threw a bad pass. Um, I was at it's like in rewatch. He's like, man, I wish,
0: I wish I just Ford turned it had, off there. Had, <laughs> I wish, well, I just I, was, oh, I wish Ford him. had
1: actually just put his shoulder down, and tried to run as far as he could instead of out of bounds.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you can't put that on him. I mean, Packers No, no, I mean, you're been... like, no,
1: we got the ball. We're going to be safe with the ball. We're deep in territory. You don't say anything stupid.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, the... It's always in hindsight, but yeah. <laughs> but, then
1: they, but then they gained nothing. They went backwards. Yeah. And, and then field goal. Just all. So I didn't deep... have. Was there anybody else who did something notable Slayton had a couple nice stops. Yeah, in the run couple. game at the at the line of scrimmage. I give him a little shout out there. When, in the part that I've rewatched, saw a couple good tackles at the line of scrimmage from Slayton. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's and, really and it, was, it. There's it not more much, early. Um, there's
0: there's really not much there positive for the Packers defense in this one. I think we can move to the negative. I think we can safely move on to the downsides from the defense. It was a lot, Dad. I'll. Do you mind if I start us off? I think Go you can you can start talking about the negatives on both sides of the ball with the work in the trenches um, for the Packers. Uh, on defense, the front got absolutely bullied in the run game in this game. Um, they allowed Lions running backs to carry the ball 40 times for 161 yards and three touchdowns. That's four yards per carry. And that's in a game where you knew that they were just going to be running the ball. And so you would expect... Better performance from that when you're not really getting fooled by the fact that they're just running the rock the whole second half almost. Um, They allowed a rush success rate of 47.6%, which would be fifth worst in the league if that was for a whole season. And an EPA per rush of .134, which would be last in the league for a season. That's per rbsdm.com. As it stands so far for the season, they have the 20th ranked run defense by success rate and the 26th ranked run run defense by EPA per rush per rbsdm.com. I would give you the DVOA, but it has not been updated with week four yet, so I didn't want to give that one with incomplete data. But, Dad, just the front got moved in this game. They were getting pushed back. So often they, it seemed like the lions were just always their, their block. I mean, shout out to the lions in this game. Their blocking in the run game was so perfectly like timed and like clearly very well coached, but yeah, the Packers front just got killed in this one. And I don't even know if it was, sometimes they weren't put in advantageous situations in terms of how many they had up front, but it was bad. And that's my first big negative. I think we could talk about that for 45 minutes. Is there anything you want to add on there? Is there another negative you want to explore? And maybe in relation to that.
1: Well, yeah, so I had just a comment as I can't stop the run, even when everyone knows it's coming. Um, They had, talking about EPA per play, so in their first half, let's talk about the first half, their EPA per play on defense would be second worst in the season for the year. Um, Ahead of only Denver, who gave up 70 points last week. So, that's so you, mean for a, that's...
0: you mean for a singular week, or like for a singular game? No,
1: I, I've got some other things on singular game. Okay. But it's just if, if that was their
0: EPA per play for the season, they'd be second last in the league. Uh, that's better than uh, I would have thought. I would have thought dead last by like five outlier, like five more standard mutations well, You have to give up out. 70 points in a game out of only three games to be worse. Fair, fair. It was um, it was bad, though. It was kind of trending in that direction early. I was like, oh, are we going to get seven actually, young on
1: us? There is a little bit more. So the Packers' run defense EPA per play for that first half is more than twice as bad as Denver's season-long last place. And they just gave up... I don't know how many... hundred They got just smoked last week by... H.N. and Raheem Mostert.
0: Moster. Yeah, and we know what it's like to be smoked by Raheem Mostert, but <laughs> yeah. And th- Speaking and I of that- which, like,
1: I felt this is the worst game the Packers have played and the worst they've looked and the wor- most outclassed they've been on the field
0: since that 2019 Mostert game. Yeah, they were just out-physicaled, out-coached, out everything especially in that first half and the fact that those first half stats are so bad and then the stats by the end of the game are also so bad but maybe not quite as bad as like okay like both the offense and defense kind of picked it up a little bit in the second half but it's just too little too late and for the most part it was like once the lions like kind of they, they kind of kicked it back into gear in the fourth quarter a little bit and the packers they just couldn't hang with them physically up front at all the, the whole game they were beat just getting up. bullied both sides of the football yeah. the whole game yeah, and I have other negatives. I mean, the other one I have is they got completely out game planned. Um, this is something that they talked about after the game. Apparently, Rasul Douglas and Jared Goff had a conversation. So this is on that first touchdown uh, to Amon-Ra St. Brown, which was a double move. Um, essentially, apparently Rasul knew that the Lions like to run this certain play in the red zone where they would hit Amon-Ra St. Brown like on that quick that quick stop route, um, and he knew that they like to run that and he was going to jump it, but. Turns out, Rasul had actually already jumped that route last year, and so the Lions knew that he knew that they liked to run that, and so they drew up that play specifically to bait him to bite and have Amin Ra go for an open touchdown. And so it's just well, more just you're just I know getting... that you know that I know that you I know, know. <laughs> exactly, but it, that's what it was. But so they were out coached, they were out game planned, out physical, they looked slower. I it was they looked smaller. It was, it was everything. It was everything out there. And I have other questions, things that made me think, but, Dad, did you have some more negatives you wanted to tack on? Like, let's just get it all out. Let's, let's let it vent.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have a little bit more. Like, we had brought up Laporta as somebody to worry about, and he got not, not a huge number of yards, 56 yards, but his season high in 7.8 yards after catch per reception,
0: yeah, and um, a lot of those were on that one play where, man, that was a tight window throw. That was a nice throw from Goff. but Where he beats uh, Rasul and yeah. keeps rumbling uh,
1: through the tackle.
0: Rasul's right there. It's just that it was right um, where the throw needed to be, and he just took it down the field. So, yeah.
1: And I had mentioned something about the, uh, the Rasul play as well, but you've covered that one. Um, their missed tackle rate was the worst of the year so far at 15% after two good um, weeks. So last week, it was only 6.5%. The week before, 8.6%. Week one, it was 13%. And that's, um, and per, that's over, for PFF? Yeah. And their overall PFF tackling grade for the game of 48.2 Um, is their first tackling grade below average for the season. And that tackling grade would be bottom quarter of the league. Um, And also, I just want to mention, they are once again fooled by a Campbell Cameron? trick play. Yeah. On the reverse for 40 yards to Raymond. They have like halfback options. It's like they, they get, seem like they burned by a play by Detroit like this every game now since Campbell got there.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, because they talked about in the offseason about like, okay, like as a front, we're going to change some things. And it was generally thought it's like, okay, you're going to be more aggressive about getting upfield. That kind of leaves you open to stuff like that, but you need to be you need to be ready for it. And I feel like whenever a team runs that play and it goes for less than ten yards, like if it goes for nine yards, I'm like, oh thank goodness, <laughs> it didn't go for fifty, thank goodness. <laughs> he had so much open yeah. territory. There was a couple
1: blockers. They're just lucky that Ford was able to run him I don't down know how, and force him out of bounds.
0: I don't know how they didn't score a touchdown on that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, that yeah, was so, perfect. So actually up. even though it was forty
1: yards downfield. Shout out, shout out Ford for a good play there to hold him to
0: forty. We're really, we're really doing great over here. <laughs> we are setting the bar low. Yeah, and I mean, there are some other things in this game that just made me, like, scratch my head. And the thing that made me think in this one is, like, there were multiple snaps early where we're trotting out three linebackers when Campbell's hurt. So there are multiple snaps on defense with both Eric Wilson and Isaiah McDuffie in the game. I don't understand that. I don't understand three linebacker looks when one of your starting linebackers is out already and you already don't do a lot of it. Like... Can you really tell me that looks with McDuffie and Wilson on the field? You're putting your 11 best players out there, I, like yeah, that just and, doesn't and make this sense to me.
1: Is kind of probably the same thing that I'm looking at, except in the different part of the formation where they got these odd schematic alignments on some obvious run plays. With just one f- example is second and goal at the two. With I know only Andy, two down with only Andy two Herman down was linemen. talking about this too. It's bad. And Enigari and, really and Hollands are your edge rushers and two down linemen.
0: And Montgomery and two, gets into the end zone before he gets touched, this and, is the lineman, and the two down lineman, and the two down is Slayton, which, like, yes, that's good, and Carl Brooks, but he's not a plus, de- he's not a plus run defender, he's not a run defender. He's what a did pass you buffer. think they were gonna do? Like, I understand, and, and, ab- I, I want to look under, more because I understand. I just want to say, I understand. They're in eleven personnel. You feel like you need to, ha- like, but you know they're gonna run the ball as soon you know as what you it go a nickel. You've
1: essentially been suckered by their yes. formation. You have yes. fallen for their trick that we're going to be 11 personnel, and, and then we're going to just walk right in because you're going to fall for it and yeah. line up like we're like you're in the middle of the field. You can't they, line up like you're in the middle of the field at the two-yard line.
0: Yeah, and the Packers just let the Lions dictate way too much of what they were doing on that side of the ball. The, yeah, It was and, just And bad. I was watching was some
1: of it, and I want to go back. I feel like a lot of the time when they're in with three down linemen, which is like the beginning of the game, they're success rate was higher.
0: And the bear when they have front, two down linemen, they're just getting smoked. The bear front with like the two edge rushers and then three down linemen just and I feel like is way more successful for the Packers than any yes, other thing. In general. I
1: see. And when they have two down linemen, they got nobody on the nose,
0: just done. Lions
1: just doing whatever they wanted. Yeah. At least I have to I have to look at it more carefully. But so maybe also- there's a little bit of confirmation bias in here and I gotta chart it a little bit for all the plays, but but I felt like
0: like you know certainly the, times where it, it shouldn't be there. It felt like at times Packers three down lineman. Okay, we're gonna run outside. We're gonna get six seven yards. Two down lineman. We're gonna run it up the middle. We're gonna get seven eight yards. Like it just felt like the Packers would set a front and the Lions would be like, okay, we're gonna do this now, and it would work every time. And it's it was it was so so tough in that game. It just felt like the Lions just outclassed them at every turn in every facet. It was really bad. Dad, anything else you want to say about the defense, or should we move to the offense?
1: That was it. Um, that was the last thing I had to say about uh, about the defense. And I think I have even more bad things to say about the offense. Oh, I have as a lot. Bad of, as the
0: defense was, was, I have a lot of notes on the offense. Um, but let's start with the positives, and then we'll rant a little. Let's you start bit. with, uh, what oh they're yes, saying. I'll start with what they're saying, which is thank you. Um, a couple quotes here. Uh, this one's from Lafleur. Um, I paraphrased it a little bit, but essentially. Quote, We've got to find a much better way to run the football because if you can do that, you take pressure off everybody. It's hard to sit in this league and drop back and drop back and drop back. And I thought it was interesting because he brought this quote up in a question surrounding Rasheed Walker. Um, which kind of makes me wonder if with the mini buy and the ability to kind of get a little extra practice time, whether or not they roll with Nyman next week at tackle instead, because Walker has been doing well in pass protection, but the run blocking has been been bad, and he's not the only one that the run blocking has been bad for. But you know maybe they and per like last year, Yash Nyman was great per like ESPN run block win rate. Um, certain other metrics, I like think PFF didn't think he was as good at that, but. It I just makes me think maybe there's a change coming there and something we should keep an eye on. And then this other quote's from Jordan Love um, quote It's encouraging to be able to move the ball in the second half. I, I kind of paraphrase a little bit, but but that's essentially what he's saying it's, it's encouraging to be able to move the ball in the second half. But it's something we got to look at. Just figure out why we're starting so slow. And that's another thing I think we're going to talk about, Dad. But you know, any thoughts on those two quotes, or should we at least mention a couple positives before we really just start ranting and raving? Um. Yeah, we can go on. But it, it is
1: interesting. What, what What is their alignment going to be like after this mini-buy um, on on yeah. the offensive line? And that'll be very interesting to hear how many changes they make after this game.
0: Yeah, and you could almost maybe use this next game with 10 days off as a bit of a dry run and see how these changes work. And then you have the buy to reanalyze how some of these changes might work and like incorporate them fully if they do, change them up even more if they don't. I don't know. I kinda I want to see something different next week because there's been a lot of the same problems. But let's start with the positives, Dad. I think we probably yeah, both have I mean
1: we've had a lot of games where it's the guy in it's the guy in a hot dog suit.
0: Yep. I wonder and I wonder who's responsible? Like yeah. what's going on? How did this happen? I have no idea, yeah, but positives though. Positives to start. I think for me, the only one I had was that Romeo Dobbs was good. Uh except the the pick is kinda on him. I think it's more about being a young team, but for him. Thirteen targets, nine catches, ninety five yards. Through four games per pro football reference, he's on pace for eighty catches, nine hundred and fifty yards, and twelve touchdowns, which is pretty pretty good, nice. year, I would say. That's That'd nice. be a very good year for him. Um so yeah, he was my only positive in this game. Dad, did you have anything else that you liked in this game from them or should we move so to negatives? I had to do some deep deep diving. Um but
1: Deguara had by far his best game in run blocking and pass blocking so far this year. Okay, I should have looked back previous years. He had an elite PFF grade of 88.6 in run blocking. And that was on seven snaps, so I think the, the pass blocking was very few. It's not a whole lot. Um, and he was below average in the first three games of the season. And plus he had a high in receptions and yards for four and 34. So I'll give Deguara a shout out. He actually was making plays out there in the time. I, and I noticed him during the game as well.
0: Yeah, it um, does feel like at times he it, you were feeling like 10 on 11 out there when he's out there, but this was definitely one of his better games, for sure. Um and I'll shout out the
1: third quarter offense and the second half offense overall. Um In this game, their EPA per play in the um was 0.396 for the for the uh um I think that's for the third quarter. Which would be first in the league if it was the whole game um, for the season. For the season, they are in fact first in the league in third quarter EPA
0: per play. Yeah, they're um, coming out of half often with what yeah. seems like a and, much better game plan. This
1: is something to think about as well. As I you what know, something we could maybe should want to mention a little bit more. And let's say for their third quarter offense, their second they're tied for Miami in second half points per game. And they're second to Miami in second-half EPA per play for the season. So they've definitely been a second-half team so far. And so like, they seem like we have had a lot of first-halves where like, can you, like, tell them in the, before the game what you tell them half-time? Ta- half this is a bit of a flip from what they've done in the last couple of years. Yeah. One thing I should mention, though, that these positive numbers in, the like, third quarter and second half are almost entirely built on passing EPA per play. Yeah, they're passing The rushing bowl. EPA per play well, is about – in the second half, is about middle of the pack, kind of near the near the center. But the thing is, while we'll their take... passing EPA per play is one is best or second best.
0: Yeah, we'll take middle of the pack though for runs for rushing EPA. And actually, the other positive I was going to say is, believe it or not, this game, uh, this is per RBSDM. I also checked, uh, fact checked you really quick. It is, it is in fact point three nine six. That is the third quarter, uh, for this past game. So you were right there. Okay, um, then... but for I this game, quite filled out my notes. Yeah, for this game, the one I wanted to say was this is actually the first game of the season that they had a positive rush expected points added. On the year, they're still at 22nd. But this was actually the very first game that, per EPA, per play, the running game actually positively contributed, which I thought was just (laughs) hilarious because it was terrible. It was still awful.
1: They only had 10 running back carries
0: for the game. They basically abandoned it. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, they had to. They were down 24 points, but... It was the, even early; they weren't running the ball. But that you know, we, no, we're already moving. Aaron, Aaron Jones didn't have his first touch until they were already down twenty four three. three. Yes. Well, technically, he had a target at that before that. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. But it wasn't even a p- scheme target. So, but yeah, I, at that point, I actually, when they gave him that touch at t- twenty four three, I was like, take this man out of the game. Like, if you weren't going to use ca- him early, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is he in? Like, just he's just taking a beating on some of those plays out. too. Yeah, but dad, it sounds like we're already kind of talking about the negatives and I'll start us off on the negatives because I think this was the story of the game because it's just br- simmering. It's so it's so brutal because the offensive line, I mean, this might've been the worst I've seen the offensive line play as a unit since that 2021 chiefs game. I think this is the worst I've seen the offensive line play as a whole entire unit. And I know Bakhtiari's not playing. I know Elton Jenkins isn't playing. But no excuse for this game. I'm going to run through real quick. Pass blocking. This is from Paul Bredel on Packers Wire, who was citing PFF in turn. Love was pressured on 47% of his dropbacks. That would be the third highest amongst all quarterbacks this season if it was for a whole year. By offensive lineman per PFF, Zach Tom, six pressures allowed. John Runyon, five pressures allowed. Royce Newman, five pressures allowed. Rasheed Walker, four pressures allowed. And Josh Myers, two pressures allowed. I mean, they were letting Jordan Love get killed back there. And there were times, I think, where Love was holding the ball too long. And we'll talk about Love. I I have some stuff about him at the end because I think there was some some bad in this game. It was not a good performance. There were some good moments, but I want to talk about him more specifically at the end. But I'm going to continue along the offensive line. Run blocking and run game in general. Running backs had 10 carries for 29 yards per ESPN, 2.9 yards per carry. Somehow, PFF had Tom and Myers, like they were positive run blockers somehow, but Runyon, Newman and Walker were all negatives for them. Runyon. I'm going to be a little like lenient with because he was playing through an injury. He clearly, I don't think looked super healthy out there. He was limping around. Maybe he should have just called it because it was a bad. I think it's the worst I've seen him play. Um, Per RBSDM. Um, This week, they had a 33.3% rushing success rate on the year. They're 25th in the league at 36.1%. It's been bad all year. Um, it's just really, really, really bad from the offensive line. And we've seen them play better than this. So I'm not going to, we've seen them pass protect better than this, I guess is the thing. They've been bad at run blocking all year long. And it kind of shows, this is an interesting stat though, Dan. And maybe you want to talk about the offensive line. Maybe you'll talk about this stat, but I just want to throw it at you and just give you the floor. But on the season, run blocking has been bad. We can both agree. I thought it was interesting though. That AJ Dillon is at, this is per pro football reference, 1.2 yards before contact per attempt, which is fifth worst in the league amongst running backs, which is really bad. And, you know, probably indicates the run blocking is bad. But interestingly enough, on the season... Aaron Jones is at 3.1 yards before contact per attempt which would be 10th best in the league in that time and I know he didn't play in two of their games where like the running was the worst so you get a bit of a sample size issue because right. he only he, really played against the Got Bears. to go against Chicago yes but it's still really bad and AJ Dillon wasn't exactly good in that Chicago game either would you like to talk about the run game in general the offensive line I'm throwing it over to you or something else I rant and rave rant and rave dad
1: now, so there is there has been some talk and some film on when Dylan is just missing the hole or running into the butt of his blocker instead of um finding the uh the the running lane and so there is some of that It's like is he just not seeing where where the rush, rushing lane is, and so that's why he's getting hit in the backfield so often and there have been a few plays that you could see for that um I have lots of other. Things to talk about. Um, It's just another first half dumpster fire. Yeah. um, This year, 32 yards and three points in the first half would have been shut out if not for the pick by Ford. So they gifted them three points. And, and those of those 32 yards of those 32 yards over half of them were in the last 34 seconds where they, when it looked like they had as much chance of getting love killed out there as they did of scoring. It's like I'm like, please just kneel on it. He almost he, he got rocked he got one crunched. time. He got his, his almost he's almost had his leg pinned under the defender one time when he's getting sacked. I was a little worried he's going to get a bad knee, um, leg injury on that one.
0: Yeah, there are bad um, offensive lineman performances, and then there are bad offensive line performances that are going to get players hurt. And it was the second one in this game. It was really yeah. bad, especially through the first here, half. They improved a so, little in the second. Yeah. Half. So the first half. Here's
1: a, here's a, here are a couple of stats. They had 4.6 yards per drive, not yards per play, yards per drive. It was that many. And,
0: <laughs> I think if you take one, out the
1: last drive, well, it's because like of that negative. last drive was half of it. It would have been it would have been uh, 2.3, I guess, and only 1.7 yards per play on offense in the first I th-
0: half. I think also if you take out. The last drive where it's like, I I mean, obviously you could do this, but if you take out the last drive and that one penalty that the Lions committed to give us our like one first down through that first drive, I'm pretty sure it would be in the negative. Like, I really do think we would have been in the negative yards per drive at that point if you took out those two things. So in the first half, they were
1: outscored 27 to 3 and outgained 258 to 32
0: it was um, a beatdown. It was really, really bad. Like I, I think I'm, we've for, almost undersold how bad this game was for the season. So that's that's just what you know. This, so this game
1: before the season, in first half scoring, they are 28th in the league. Did you know the other teams that are behind them, the Bengals, the Bears, the Jets,
0: and the Giants? And did you know that through their last three games, they've only scored three points in the first quarter of the last three games.
1: Yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's bad. Oh, here's the they have not yet scored at home in the second quarter of a game for the season. It's only two opportunities. It's only two that's games. Okay. That's
0: okay. But I guess. they are for no, the they season. They are the, also... Didn't they score in the second? No, they didn't. That's right. They got sacked again. That's right. They did not so score. So they are 28th in the league in second quarter scoring
1: at 3.3 points per game for the season. And that's, again, the head of the Bears, the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Giants. Giants are dead last in both of those
0: yeah i Um, mean i have i have a whole rundown of the first halves too um unless you wanted to add anything there i mean only up 10-6 after the bears week one 10-9 falcons week two down 17 nothing after the saints in week three down 27 to three after the lions in week four they've scored uh 23 first half points over the first four games so it's like it's it's bad. You're like a 10-point-per-game offense in the first half of games. It's the, the slow starts are killing them. And the team knows this. Jordan Love was talking about this. It's They're putting themselves in these horrible holes, which just makes the offense... And I think it almost like is like a... You can almost see a juxtaposition. It's like they're starting game slow, and they're starting series slow. They are bad in the first halves, and they're bad on first and second downs. So... I don't really know. And I think it's mostly because they can't run the ball. And so in the second half, when they're down, they're only allowed to pass and they're actually doing a little something, kind of. I, I, that's my, that's my thought right now. It's just because the run game is tanking everything early in the game, but they're also not running the football enough. But people are complaining about them not running the football enough. But then when they do run the football, they're running for a yard of carry. So it's like, it's this horrible twirling cycle where it's like, you don't run the ball. You're, you're going pass, pass, pass to start the game. You take a sack. You only kick a field goal when you have great field position. People complain you're not running the ball. You try to run the ball. You run for two yards. You run for one yards. It's third and seven. You don't convert. Like it's, nothing is working on early downs right now for the Packers, even when they are trying to pass on early downs. And the passing has been better than the running, but the running is, the running's tanking them right now. They can't run a real offense without a run game.
1: Yeah. And so I also looked at, so I went over some of the EPA prop- per play numbers for the defense, the offense is even worse. Um, their EPA per play on offense for this game, which was like negative 0.216, that's more like a number you'd want on defense, um, would be second to last in the year, only ahead of the Jets. Um, their first half EPA per play is, is even worse. That was the whole game. First half, their their EPA per play is negative 0.814. It's the worst first half per, um, per play free pay-per-play in the whole league so far. Only the Jets' second half in Week 2 is worse. And And you do not
0: want to be compared to a Zach Wilson Jets offense, for the love of God. You don't want to be in that. And and he's only been worse than that once
1: so far this year.
0: Yeah. It was really bad. They got dominated up front. They didn't have an answer for Aleem McNeil. They made Isaiah Bugs look like the next coming of – Warren Sapp they Aiden Hutchinson looked unblockable they couldn't pick up a stunt to save their lives it was horrible it was so bad i mean i think and i was joking with some friends but i i think this might be true i think you could probably count on two hands like with your fingers the number of steps backward that any defensive lineman for the lions took on the entire <laughs> night i don't think they took more than 10 steps backwards the whole night i'm i'm oh, not kidding i'm uh, not kidding at all for.
1: that they play the entire our entire offense is being played in our
0: backfield. Yeah. They're not moving the line of scrimmage. We have no people movers on the line without Elton out there. We can't. No. And we are we got decent size on the line too, but we just don't move anyone. Like Myers is a big guy. I understand that like Runyon's a little undersized and uh, Newman's a little undersized and Tom's a little undersized, but Tom actually graded out decently run blocking. But, he was their best run blocker. And I so maybe week. maybe it is a personnel issue. I don't know, but it's yeah. it, whatever it is, it's bad. And that's why I'm thinking maybe they go to Nyman. Um, anything else negative you wanted to talk about, Dad? It's bad. I have some things about Jordan Love I'd like to say. Um, I think, you know, obviously he's always a talking point after every Packers game, his fourth start as the starter. Um, anything you wanted to start there? Uh, I can talk about Love. You can talk about any other negatives I, you I want to talk about. I had some
1: stuff about the blocking, but I think you covered it about uh, basically everybody but Tom gave up a sack. Yeah. Um, and that the the two guards had absolutely
0: horrible run-blocking grades? The two guards did not have a Or pass-blocking
1: blocking grades. But or, yeah, The, the two
0: guards yeah. did not have a prayer in this game. Not a prayer. And I'm giving Runyon some lenience because he was playing through an injury. But I don't know what you do at left guard. I don't know what you do. Because there's no other option. Because I don't think Sean, Sean Ryan, Ryan is in. I don't think so. I'm going to tell you now. I don't think so now, either. I don't but think so. As, as I've be... heard some
1: people say, <laughs> we know... At least at least we don't know yet that Ryan is terrible.
0: Yeah, but we don't Newman's played one good game and one bad game, I guess is what I would say. So it's like but the bad game was really bad. Um but Jordan Love. Uh I have a couple things I want to say. So I went and watched uh JTO Sullivan's the quarterback school. He does really awesome breakdowns on YouTube. We've retweeted it. Um play breakdowns of, you know, quarterbacks play throughout the game. And it was not a good game. It was not a good game from Love. Um, specifically, there were two really bad turndowns on slants to Dobbs in the second half or in the first half. Um, he's open. Uh, you got to hit that guy. Um, they probably would have each gotten about eight yards. Uh, the situation didn't dict- didn't dictate that they needed to go for more. He was the first read on both plays, and he was open. And Love needs to throw the ball there. Um, however, there are going to be bad plays in a first season start. Uh, in your fourth start as the starter and i think forest for the trees wise yes those plays are bad yeah you can't have those but i think overall if you told me through four games that love would be that the packers would be two and two love would have some really awesome moments and then some some moments there where he's not ripping the ball i think that those are generally where you're not throwing to open receivers those are the worst kind of mistakes you can have and you need to clean those up But I'm not going to lose the force for the trees. Like, yes, he's going to have bad plays. He had some decent plays in this one, too. Um, The second half, I thought he had, like, and JTO Sullivan did as well. Had some really high level throws. And there are multiple ones where defender in his lap unblocked. Like there's one, Aiden Hutchinson, the fourth down that he throws to Dobbs in the middle of the field near the goal line with Aiden Hutchinson screaming in his lap unblocked. That's a super high level throw that he's making off platform. The deep throw that he made to Reed, and yes, the clock was running out, but whatever. The play was still ran and the Lions were still playing defense. That's a great throw. That's an amazing throw. The throw down the left sideline to Touré. That's a great throw. So there were still, there were as many good plays in this game as there were bad plays from Love, in my opinion and needs to clean the bad plays up but and it wasn't a good performance i'm not trying to tell you it was but there were still at least some good moments in a game where he bounced back a bit in the second half which i think i'm obviously taking a bit of a positive spin zone here but you at least like to see that and for the year so far per uh, rbsdm.com um, he's eighth in epa per dropback still but he is only 22nd in dropback success rate um, which leads me to believe that we're currently surviving a bit on big plays which kind of watching the game and looking at his completion percentage kind of you know would back that up, and I think the big thing for him is he needs to work on handling pressure a little more consistently um per p f f he is the twenty sixth graded quarterback when facing pressure um It's not something to super panic about yet, in my opinion i mean for instance c j Strauss looked really promising and he's thirtieth um but it is something he needs to work on uh I think there were moments in this game where he threw well in terms of having a guy in his lap, he's making strong throws. I think sometimes he needs to just know where the checkdown is a little sooner. It feels like um Matt LaFleur took uh, responsibility on himself for the kind of the one where he threw essentially a backwards ball to Dobbs that lost them 11 yards and tanked a drive. Uh, Matt LaFleur said
1: that turned into a fumble as it bounces out of bounds. Yeah, Matt LaFleur said
0: that one was on him. Um, Just something to note, which, you know, you could take the cynical view and say, of course, he's going to say that's on him. Fair enough. But, you know, Jordan Love in this game. Uh, not a good game, but some decent moments, and I thought he was better in the second half than the first can't have those turndowns need to clean those up. hope he does but Dad, any thoughts on Jordan Love's performance here besides the stuff that I gave?
1: yeah, I mean I guess you mentioned i' have to look at this a little bit more carefully, but we had this I brought this notion of them running at a little faster pace and trying to keep the uh um sort of like a no huddle or hurry up almost. And it seemed like when they're playing at a faster pace in the second half, they were more successful, at least for a while, than whatever they were doing in the first half.
0: It's interesting because we talked about it in the preview. They're actually a slow team, like, in neutral pace. Like, they're, like, 25th, 26th. And then when you watch them, like, turn the pace up and have success, you wonder why they're playing that slowly.
1: Yeah. And and that's been at least the eye test. And I, I should... We'd have to, like, actually go through and chart the plays, like, how success rate versus number of seconds left on the cl- on the play clock though you could actually do a no huddle offense and still snap the ball late you just yeah. never you just keep the other you just keep the defense from being able to make any substitutions something that you could also do um and i haven't gone into that much granularity on on the games to see what the success rate is for those two types of plays versus running their standard let's take 15 minutes to uh, call out every word of the play name and then uh, get to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. It seems to be what we've done a lot of. And then the other thing that I kind of wanted to mention is about like the run game was so little of a threat, like 10 running back carries for 2.9 yards per carry. You mentioned that it didn't even help the play action. You usually say like, you don't have to run the ball well for play action to be effective. Well, we saw the Detroit linebackers yes. having to bite so little on the running play that they were back. They backed up and deflected. Yeah, um, we the, Love's we mentioned that, for, for, for an a interception.
0: We mentioned that the second interception. Uh, I think general consensus is that while Love is in the pocket, there Dobbs can't go off script. He needs to just run the route. Mm-hmm. And if he had, it would have been yeah. A Dobbs
1: Dobbs. It looks like he bails his route too early. Wow. Yeah, which Love is, is that's in the a middle young of a throwing team. motion.
0: That's a young team moment, and that's fine. But like, those are the kind of the mistakes we might have expected expected coming into the year. And I think it is important to maintain that perspective that we are two and two. This team is up and down, like we thought they would be, and we thought they were going to be up and down without this litany of injuries. And they're up and down with them, of course, to an even greater magnitude. But yeah, they can't run the ball. And I know in the in the aggregate, you don't need to run the ball to be successful in play action, but. At the same time, it's a game of inches. And if the Lions linebacker, I always forget his name, Anzalone, takes yes. even a half a step further, he's not going to be able to tip that ball. And it may be, and it's, it might not be a completion, but it's not a pick. And so the run game is just tanking everything. And the other thing that made me think in the run game that I kind of added onto your point is I'm a little confused as to why they signed. Oh, the other thing we forgot to mention in our news is that they signed Christian Welch to the active roster. Um I'm a little confused as to why they did not sign Patrick Taylor to the active roster. And, you know, I don't think it would have saved the running game. There was no saving this running game in this game. But they seemed to like him at the end of the Saints game, and the offense worked better with him in. And so I wonder if that's an adjustment that they make going into the next game as well. I was I was expecting Taylor to be
1: signed to the um, 53 this, for this week. And when they didn't, I thought, oh, I guess they're thinking for this game. They've got Jones. They don't need to have Taylor on the 53 for this week. Well, they were wrong. Clearly cuz they decided that Jones wasn't really ready. They yeah. they barely they didn't give him the ball early. He barely touched the ball. He I barely don't was understand. Involved. I and don't so understand that's the part that it really makes
0: no sense with with Taylor. I don't understand if you're not giving Jones the ball early because you What are you saving him for? And then why are you giving the ball when you have like almost no chance of winning? Like at that point, just rest him another week because the odds of you coming back, like obviously, never say die, but it's not worth the risk with a guy with a hamstring injury. He didn't get a touch until they were down twenty-four to three. I guess at that point, it's like like a ninety-four
1: percent chance of Detroit winning.
0: Yeah, and so at that point, just don't. It's not worth the risk. But yeah, so that's kind of what we had for the offense. Uh, they were a little better in the second half. There were some decent moments, but too little, too late. And once again, starting slow kind of doomed them against a team that would just look better than them on the game. Dad, I have a special teams rant. Are you ready for it?
1: I see many lines of of text here for, under special teams. I only have a little bit. Um, yeah. So um, then I, I can I, can I <laughs> and, and more that uh, Carlson's been looking. Like the the part so far, he hasn't missed a kick. Made Knock him all this wood. week. Um, he 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 booted a fifty yarder again that went into the net. Would have been good from what sixty something. And yet, they decided he couldn't kick from fifty six a couple weeks ago indoors. It's gonna bug me. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna bug, bug me, me all year.
0: Long. Yeah, uh, I'm here for my special teams rant. But first, I'm gonna start with what they're saying, which is Lafleur. "Quote: I'm not gonna sit here and blame Quay." Obviously, we got to do a better job of educating our players. And then he, he did say, and that's on me. But I think the subtext was at on Because so Quay Walker... <laughs> who's, supposed makes,
1: yes, who's supposed to be educating these players? Yeah.
0: And, and LaFleur said, that's on me. I think the subtext is like, that's on me to tell the coaches to do a better job. Because let's remember, so Quay Walker gets that penalty. If you didn't know, you're not allowed to. I didn't know this, but you're not allowed to run and jump over the line from further than a yard out. You need to be just a yard away, so that's a penalty, and that essentially slammed the very tiny opening they had to maybe, maybe come back and have a miracle comeback. I don't yeah, put it on changed Quay it
1: from a a two score lead to a three score lead, by and, took an extra, of that and took an extra two and a half
0: minutes off the clock. I don't entirely blame Quay because uh, that's on the coaches for not teaching that to me. So. I'm going to preface all of this by reminding you that Rich Bisacci is the highest paid special teams coordinator in the league, and he was promoted this offseason to assistant head coach. So I'm going to preface that with this. The Packers in this game, per PFF, had four more special teams penalties this week, including the one we already talked about with Quay, that was a high leverage moment. That's 11 total special teams penalties on the year, which leads the league. They have had three, three, and four in their last three weeks. What are we, what are we doing? So we're an undisciplined special teams unit. Okay. And then like, are we getting anything positive? Is there any positives besides the kicking game right now? Because I'm going to talk a little bit about some other stuff. Keyshawn Nixon returned a
1: couple good punt returns.
0: We've had a couple decent punt returns, but Keyshawn Nixon returning kicks. We're going to, I'm just going to go down the list on negative. So number one, negative we're undisciplined. We're committing more penalties than anyone else in the league. And those penalties are often in high leverage situations where it rarely matters, or maybe not often, but we've had high leverage penalties as well. Kick returning Keyshawn Nixon. I love him, but here are some numbers. He has had 22 opportunities add a kick return so far this year 12 touchbacks and 10 returns nine of those 10 returns were from the end zone one of those 10 returns resulted in a better starting field position than a touchback so and that was because of a penalty on the on the other opposing special teams. If it was just by returns, they would have none. They have an average starting field position of about the 20 yard line, which is not horrible, and if you got rid of penalties it would be about the 22 yard line. So that's not horrible. But the fact that essentially I understand he's gambling, but at the same time, we're not getting to anything in the return game. So that's another negative. Next, well, I feel like Whelan is doing a good job, and he's certainly doing a good job as a holder with like the kick unit, again, knock on wood, is doing very well right now. But Whelan is a punter. is 17th in the league, and this is per pro football reference, is 17th in the league in yards per punt, 32nd in the league in net yards per punt, 6th in touchback percentage, which is a number you do not want to be high in. That's the percentage of your kicks that are going for touchbacks. You want to be pinning people there. And 29th in, inside the 20 percentage. So he's not... Right now, he's not a good directional punter in terms of pinning people. He's not getting good distance on punts. And they're allowing a ton of return yards on punts. So the kick return game is bad. The punt coverage and punting game is bad. They're committing lots of penalties. And they're paying an exorbitant price for this porous special teams. So I ask again, I don't know what you do if you're the Packers. It has been a decade, I think, of bad special teams. Among, over over the course of four different coaches i'm i'm at my wits end dad i don't really know what to say do you have any comment on any of these like i i feel like i'm taking crazy pills i don't know what you do it's so bad i don't know how they keep making all these penalties and these penalties are from guys i think Dolan levitt has three all Dolan levitt is here to do is play special teams and not make mistakes and we they've also so given up a punt return touchdown. They can't. They can't do anything.
1: Like the, it's terrible. We have so many players that seem to be here just for special teams, and that Bassachia picked specifically. There was a modest improvement last year in special teams than
0: the year before.
1: It's, it's just it's bad.
0: It's not good. I, I think they're like bottom five this year per PFF special teams grade. I think they were average last year. They um, got up to average. Oh, oh no. They're, they're, uh, you have to get to bottom six before you reach them. Oh, not bottom five. Look at us. Look at us <laughs> go. And I, but that's by PFF. Yeah. And we're paying the most. So very fun times. Dad, anything else you want to say about the special teams? I'm, so I'm excited to be done year? talking about the this last They were again. like 17th, I think, if I remember correctly. Like somewhere in that, that 14 to the 13 to 18 range. I think they were like right dead middle of the pack. Um, but yeah. It's It's been bad. It's been bad in every phase at times. And here's the thing. While you do that, I'm going to just say a couple of things. I think it's important to keep perspective on this season. We went into this season knowing this was a young team that was going to make mistakes, that was going to occasionally have bad games. Does it suck when those bad games are on primetime? Yes. It sucks even more. Those are the extra extra hurt ones when everyone's watching. But if you told me through four weeks they were going to be 2-2, two two. they were going to have a nice comeback win, a game they kind of blew, a game they got blown out, and a game they blew someone else out, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about what I expected, that they were going to be a little all over the place. Add into the fact that they're dealing with a metric ton of injuries, now I know every team in the league is, but they're dealing with a lot of injuries to key players, I think we should also keep perspective and keep the perspective we had in the offseason that you know this year is in many ways like a see-what-you-have-for-moving-forward year. And... I that's that's all I wanted to tack on to the end just to help myself more than anyone keep perspective on this games like this and you hope there aren't any more games like this but going forward with years and years of fandom of experience and years and years of fandom going forward I'm sure there will be and I just gotta gotta keep my cool gotta keep my cool dad did you have anything you wanted to add about the Packers special teams last year before we talk about our player of the game okay, and wrap yeah. this up
1: so looking through the numbers quick while we, you were uh, you going on Last year by PFF they were still only 26th oh, in, spe-
0: in special I, teams. There and was some other metric that had them two like two years ago and back. they
1: were 31st. However, if you use DVOA instead of PFF, last year they were 17th in PFF. So they improved from 32nd dead last in 2021 to 17th in special team DVOA. And now I think they are DVOA has 7th DBOA hasn't 20, been
0: updated for Week Four yet. Is one. It thing. may only be through three weeks. It's, but it's yeah. only three weeks. Yeah,
1: twenty seventh by both DBOA and PFF in special teams. It's not great. So, I'm hoping that we're just looking at a little
0: small sample size, and special teams is going to get better. It's to me, the, I could I could excuse the rest of it, but the penalties are just driving me crazy. They're driving me crazy. You're leading the league in special teams penalties and you're paying your special teams coordinator the most amount of money, and he's assistant head coach. And his big thing is he's supposed to be like the like leader of men trope. But anyway, Dad, player of the game. Let's move on to it. Let's get let's get this game behind us. Who is your player of the game for the Packers? I know it was probably hard to pick. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I'm with Romeo Dobbs. You know, you talked about what kind of game he had. I there aren't a lot to choose from here. So, Dobbs, he had nine catches for 95 yards.
0: That's a good game. Yeah, it's a solid game. Uh, For me, I had Rashawn Gary. Like we said, four pressures and uh, I believe a hit in this game. Uh, I felt like he was showing passion. (laughs) Baseball. Was it a single? It's probably just a a single. Probably just a single. But I thought he showed passion throughout the game. Like, he was playing hard the whole game. And I know that should be the bare minimum, but the fact that he had a good game and he was playing hard the whole game was enough for me to give him player of the game. Like you said, not a whole lot to pick from. But anyway.
1: I th- I think when he's able to play a full no- – when they got him comfortable for a full number of snaps, is I think we'll have an improvement. There's yeah. a big drop off when he's not out there.
0: I-, I agree. But anyway, thank you again, everyone, for listening to this ranting and raving session. We hope it helped you as much as it helped us. We're glad you went through it with us. We hope we don't need to go through something like this again. But hey, we might. And next time, if you want to give us a listen again, we'll be right here. We'll be doing pregames and postgames for every game for the rest of the year. And then we do an episode a week in the offseason as well. So come check us out on socials, at Father Packer on Twitter. Come follow us on or subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. We put all our episodes out there as well. Uh, if you want to subscribe to us there, it would really help our numbers. Thank you again for listening. We'll be bringing you a pregame for the Raiders coming up soon. Until next time, go Pac-Go. Go
1: go, Pack go.